0: Finally, toxic tea is going down the drain. Little pun there for you. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Just off the top, Sheldon, I have to say something. I have to be a nerd here. You know who I am. This episode, I don't know if you caught that, but it, its name is Lady Vengeance. And all I could think about is how that be a great name for a character in Chaos Comics in like the mid-1990s, like 1995, Lady Vengeance, that's a reference that... Perhaps no one will get, I can tell from your face. You don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So you know, like, a you're strong speaking a start different
1: language completely. <laughs> to <me right> now. <laughs> That's okay. That's what makes this podcast work, right? We're coming from different
0: angles here. I like, it, well, I like it. I'll tell you what, if any of our listeners know what chaos comics was, shout, give me a shout on social media, help me out, help me prove that I'm not totally crazy. It doesn't exist anymore. I don't think I ever bought a chaos comic or read a chaos comic, but I saw them in the pages of wizard magazine. Anyway, that was my first thought from the episode. What did you think starting off with uh, Nani and Josh coming back, celebrating Josh's win?
1: I honestly thought Josh is going to handle this well and mature. But actually, I mean, he was all right. He wasn't that bad at all. It was fine. Corey, I like his energy. He knows that he has to basically steal a skull at this point. But I guess the big thing was Josh, Leroy, Cam, and Anissa. They were talking about how the game is about to change, obviously because all the skulls are available, but also setting the stage that, hey, we want to get Teresa out. That's still the plan. That's still the goal. That's still what it is. But all of these conversations lead us to the main, I think, Amber B was the topic of this co- of this episode, right? Pretty much. And right from the beginning, we get this whole, we get the setup here. Because Amber M, the rogue agent, she's rattled because Amber B voted for her. And Devin is just straight stirring the pot, stirring the pot. And you're th- I was thinking that we were going to get the setup here where Amber B was going to be involved somehow, some way in the elimination. That's what I thought was going to happen. We didn't really, really get there. Did we?
0: No, I have to, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm a Devon guy, nine times out of 10. I, I don't sign off on everything he does, but like, I generally like him. I thought he did a really good job of piecing her, piecing it together for <laughs> Amber M where he's like, okay, you know how everyone voted, you know, it was a close vote who could have possibly flipped and then I love how he's like, What show is she from? And Amber M was like, The show where <laughs> everyone lies. He's like, Uh-huh. And did she make wild promises to you about supporting you? And she was like and Amber uh M was like, Yes. And he's like, So therefore <laughs> like I really enjoyed the like how he walked her through the logic of what definitely happened. We I mean we, the viewer, knows what happened, but It was a very funny conversation to me.
1: And, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately, I think, amongst fans of the show and regulars on this podcast about this season and how it is much more like your classic big brother and survivor in terms of this season of the challenge is much more about the strategy aspect than it is about normal challenge seasons where you get some strategy, but you get some drama. And I think that, the Nani-Cam conversation where they're talking about Teresa and putting her in, you're really seeing that the players fully understand what's going on in the game now. What I mean by that is they're like, okay, we want to get Teresa out, but we don't want to put her in against the rookies. So that doesn't make sense. We got to figure out a way that she's going in against someone else strong. And that was really, you know, Cam talking from a position where she doesn't want to go against her in a final. But it was interesting because Nani she doesn't want to go against her in an elimination, like Nani wants to get her skull, but she doesn't want to go against Teresa in an elimination. And I thought that was interesting because now we're seeing how the game's being played in terms of, well, we want to try to get certain people out, but we also don't want to give other people a certain chance to get their skull either. So this is where, to me, the real game is picking up because as we find out later on, Casey and Leroy being partners, even though they were working on with separate alliances, actually came to help Casey in this scenario, which is, which is super weird and not something that I saw coming. I was wondering kind of how this would all play out. But what did you think of, I guess, the Cam-Nani conversation there and Nani's role, and then how that led into Amber B and Amber, the Battle of the Ambers?
0: I thought it was interesting, and I noted this down, that in this conversation of like, oh, well, we don't want to put her against like a rookie or like what rookie can we put in that could eliminate her? And the the name Lolo Jones did not come up because to me, that's an ideal situation, right? Because like Lolo's not really in any alliance. She's sort of his big brother, she, she seems to think, but like, yeah, and I wondered if the issue is that just as they don't want to see Teresa in the final, they definitely don't want to see Lolo in the final. So you know, if you have if you have the situation where you're putting two people in an elimination together, and you don't want either of them to have a gold skull, like that's not really a choice. Mm Um, so like it was it was interesting. I see i mean i was harsh last week on cam and kyle in my mind doing too much but like i I do see the logic of cam still keeping her hand in and like trying to move the house in certain directions i do think she takes things too personally when someone (laughs) quote unquote crosses her but, you know, I think she, uh, I think this was sound logic. I also, I have to say, in the so next- So, hold on.
1: Can I, can I just say something? Yes, of Because course. while we're on this topic, I'm remembering Sarah sent a message to me on Instagram Ooh. that said, love the podcast per usual, but I have to maybe, and in all caps, maybe, disagree again about Cam and Kyle's strategy. Now, first thing I'll say is, you don't have to put in the maybe. Totally okay to disagree with us. That's why we do the pod. That's why we read all these comments because this is about the community and the greater uh, challenge fam discussing what's going on week to week. And especially in a season like this where it's so based on strategy, I'm here for all the different takes. So here's what she goes on to say. Um, I felt it was more like a chess versus checkers move by putting Josh versus Michi in They guarantee that a weaker guy wins the final skull, taking the target off of both Devin and Kyle for sure, and also buying Leroy extra time. Throwing in Josh and Nani is also Cam throwing a bone, so it curries favor for her, but ultimately she knows that either Nani or Amber M would be challenged for a skull before her as well.
0: Okay. If they put
1: CT in, he could definitely win, and he's more likely someone that would try and steal a skull for Kyle from Kyle or Devin and even Leroy before going against him. Interesting point, right? It is a a chess move.
0: It is a chess move. Um, I still stand by my comments from last week that I think Mm -hmm. that the, I think there's a a beauty to simple plans, not just Mm -hmm. the uh, Montreal punk rock band.
1: I was going to (laughs) say, I was like, I knew that pun was, I knew it was contemporary. (laughs)
0: Um, And I just, to me, the move of, like, get your skull and lay low is foolproof rather than, like, get your skull and keep, like, making moves. Because I do think that it increases the chance of putting a target on your back.
1: Fair. But what if she's also playing for Leroy? Right? And the move also helps Leroy and her partner, Kyle. Like it's interesting, right? It's an and and again, there's no right or wrong. No, it's just strategy. So I find it interesting for sure. But speaking of strategy, right? We got Amber M and Amber B, the confrontation, and she tells her straight up, quote, I don't like fake bitches. And I thought that was just, you know, I've said it before because the way that Amber M has been handling her business is very unrookie-like. Because normally if we see rookies speak up like that. They normally put a bigger target on themselves and they're going in and they're like public enemy number one in the house. But somehow, because they have numbers and they have numbers on their side, I guess, and I guess in this instance, she's talking to another rookie, but she's just coming out and keeping it real. And I appreciate that. And the problem here to me, right, is that Amber B, big brother Amber, right? She didn't just cop to it. And, and I thought being called out in that moment, all you can do is just cop to it and say, hey, listen, like the game's getting down to the wire, and I was put in a tough position where I had to basically pick a side. And, you know, they had my back from the beginning. And it doesn't mean that I'm not cool with you, it's just that I had to make a decision. I still think you're really cool. I still think we're friends, blah blah. blah but this is what had to happen. And instead, she was kind of just like blaming someone else, and not even fully. When if she was gonna do that angle, just fully blame Gerald, but she didn't even do that. She just like talking in circles. And I thought it was a bad look. And you know, I'm an Amber B supporter. I'm a Big Brother Amber supporter. But she didn't. She didn't do well in this in this episode at all.
0: Coming into this season. I had no familiarity with either Amber. I had not seen Amber B's season of Big Brother. I've I'm sorry folks, I've never watched a full episode of Are You The One, so I don't know Amber M's body of work. So I was not to pin this on you, but I was just trusting you and your high opinion of Amber B. She is she is not my favorite Amber on this show. <laughs> She, like
1: I well, hold on a second here. Let's let's keep it a buck. For a reason, <laughs> right? It's not like I was a huge fan of Amber B because she did such a great job in like one her season of Big Brother. I don't even think she made it that far, in Big Brother. Like she did okay on Big Brother. That's not necessarily why I was a huge fan of Amber B. Is
0: that fair? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um I just and like I agree with everything. Shout you... out
1: to Haley, by the way. Shout out
0: to Haley. <laughs> <laughs> um i also think that i really as you said i really like how amber m is handling her business not just in this episode but like she's a straight shooter and like we often talk about how you know like a way that fessy fucked up this season his next season he's gonna have a harder time like finding allies right because he burned yeah. nelson and he burned Corey. Amber M is doing great work, not just being assertive and not like crossing the line of aggression, but she's also, you know, if if someone, a castmate that doesn't really know her finds themselves on a future season with Amber M, they're going to be like, you know what, that Amber M, we've never met, but I know she's a straight shooter. Yeah. And like that, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, let's be honest, neither Amber is going to win this season. But no. Amber M is putting herself in a better place to succeed.
1: Yeah, Amber M is definitely coming off a lot better. And even with when her and Gabby then you know have their conversation, and Gabby goes to Amber B to have a conversation as well, I liked how Gabby and Amber M handled this whole situation straight up, just saying, hey, I don't trust you at all. And even in that instance, with two of them being like, listen, there's no beef or anything, but... I can't trust you after you did that. That's just straight up and honest. And I was disappointed with how Amber B handled it. Just making terrible excuses and and having really nothing to say.
0: The way she made her excuses to Amber M, it was also really transparent. Like it, it was really not good. And then that conversation between Amber M and Gabby about how they don't trust her. I gotta say
1: I what the B stands for, I know what the B stands for backstabber. I did
0: not think she was going to say backstabber. That's not where I thought that sentence when she said, yeah. I'm like, here we go. She's going to call her Amber something else. And then she's like, backstabber. Yeah. I'm like, I almost, I almost felt like production was like, Hey, Amber M, can you take a second round of that? <laughs> like, can you give us You know what?
1: along, along the lines of this, I have a, I have a theory. I have a theory about this whole entire season and i'm going to bring it up right now because this just seems perfect i was thinking about why this season seems and feels so different and i wonder if it's because they're trying to branch out mtv the challenge and make it a lot bigger that maybe it could make the slide from mtv and air on cbs mm. you're going way too far the other way of like the crazy partying and everyone's too drunk you can't put that on cbs but you could put this show on CBS. yeah, And it's still enough of the challenge. And I only say that because, I mean, full disclosure, there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now in the television business <laughs> on both sides of the border. And so obviously the way that my brain's working, it's thinking about just what's happening and how uh, how you lessen production costs. And one way would be the parent company, which controls MTV and CBS saying, hey, well, we already produced a show that does really good ratings over here. What would it do if we put it over here? Right. And that's just a, a cost cutting measure, right? Like there's a reason why, if you watch the Super Bowl, they're doing all these things with Nickelodeon as well, right? You're doing that because the parent company owns both, and you're trying to see how you can get resources that transfer and feed all the branches. So I don't know. I was just thinking about that because as we continue to watch this season, we keep saying over and over again, it's not as. MTV-ish as we've seen in past years and it's more uh, strategy based and if you think about it, that's exactly why we also see people from Big Brother ending up on the challenge more and more. So I don't know. I haven't read that anywhere. I don't know that anywhere. I was just kind of curious about, huh, okay. Could you put that on CBS on like a Thursday at 9pm or something?
0: It's an interesting theory and I think it has some merit especially if you consider that This season, more than basically any other season I can think of, they've really leaned into a theme, Mm -hmm. right? In a way that Big Brother has like themed competitions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I survivor, same thing, survivor. Like, I can't recall them. I wouldn't go so far as to say the double agents theme is a gimmick, but I can't recall them being leaning so heavily on like the like spy, espionage, sabotage, sure. themes, no, or whatever it might be. You know, like there have been some funny ones, like certainly like the Battle of the X's seasons where, you know, everything has like a romantic or sexual innuendo, but it's not the same, right? Like that's...
1: Yeah,
0: no, no, no. So I think you make an interesting point. Uh, we had what I thought was actually a really nice scene where Corey and Teresa are talking about their kids and the struggles that Teresa, uh, has had with postpartum depression. And Corey's talking about his girlfriend and her struggles with postpartum depression and sort of, you know, he cops to not being around for the newborn, uh, phase of his, uh, eldest daughter Ryder. And I mean, first of all, it's just like a really nice, genuine scene. And it was really cool to see Teresa advocate for that particular mental health issue. But I also (laughs) thought it was interesting how Corey seems to be the guy now that people open up with in the house. And I think that speaks so much about his character. Like I like I like both Corey and Teresa and like this was just such a real nice scene like a nice moment of two people who i genuinely like talking about real life like capital r capital l real life
1: yeah i think for me it was cool because we've seen them both in different phases of their lives and so to have them catch up in this like adult parent side of their life was interesting right because we're always thinking of it in the context of how we met this person so for long-time viewers of the show to know about Teresa when she was first in the house and wilding out and partying and whatever, to and same thing with Corey, um, it makes it interesting to see them now. And I thought that was really cool. It was a really interesting thing. And at that moment, I could kind of tell, okay, this might be the end of Teresa on the show because they're, they're you know, Showing us the reality of her life, but also making her more real and making her a more uh, sympathetic figure that you want to almost root for. Because so far she's been painted as like toxic tea, this bad person, and that's really all based off of one decision she made early on, which was you know just a strategic move that might not have worked for her, but also from Nani and her having beef from before. That's really all this was. This was built as in terms of as a viewer watching and not liking Teresa. There was no real reason to not like Teresa. So when they come with this scene, great job by production, making you be like, oh, Teresa, she's a mom, she's a really nice woman, oh, this is cool. So I get that, I got that. But it made going into the challenge, like the daily challenge, which was trivia time, it made it interesting because I'm like, okay, so Teresa's going down in this, in this for sure, but it made me, Pay attention extra when the trivia started because it was like, okay, I want to see who's going for who. Yeah. How do the lines actually play out? What is the strategy to get Teresa out? Because are you going to make her in the houseboat? Are you right? Like all those things played in. But I know you're a fan just like me of trivia time.
0: I love trivia. And this
1: time they made it true or false, which I thought would be at least easier. Um, but the one twist was uh, you can sabotage. Like if you get one right, you get to sabotage someone else and move their, uh, I don't know, apparatus forward. Like you're you're standing on a ledge and it would move their ledge forward and you can sabotage them so that it's harder for them to stand on the rig. Um, And also Burger King was giving you $5,000 for the winner, which I thought was, I mean, again, we talked about this the last time they had one of these. An extra five grand, like no problem. For something that you'd be doing anyways, why not? I'm, I'm here for that so the one thing i was wondering was how far away your partner was like could they hear the question and like help you was that not allowed but i i think it appeared that the answer was no but there is a lot of questions here and i I just want to know from you because i mean it's tough to we're not going to go through every single question obviously but what questions stood out to you that were kind of like really like you 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 didn't get that because for me the very first question when they asked Corey, I forget what, I don't even remember what the the number was, but like the square root of whatever. And Corey was just like, first I have to figure out what square root means. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, All right. Starting off trivia with a bang. Um, any questions that stood out to you for whatever reason, just because it was funny or because you were surprised someone got it right or wrong?
0: I mean, yeah. So there was, I, I, early on in this i was like okay i'm gonna write down every question that they ask and sheldon and i can go through them one by one but it was such a long segment that i'm like there's no way that this would translate to like record you killed it it would take forever and also like having got the answers we've got the answers and significantly they skipped through some of the questions like they would show people like answering or like moving forward but not The actual ones, I think the one that stuck out to me was Lolo Jones. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying her full name today. Lolo, not knowing that DC is not a state.
1: Yeah. And here's, here's a part where I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt that you would know something, but because they're questioning you on it, you would think that you're kind of nervous. You know what I mean? Like you're nervous. And so they're asking you the question. And so you're like, is this a trick question? You're tricking me, right? There's a trick that I'm not getting there. And also I think I would be super nervous just hanging from that thing, however high up in the air they were like, I'd be rattled. So like, you know, obviously there are some questions that were super obvious, but at the same time, it's like, I can kind of understand because I I think about it in my perspective. I would be scared shitless and I don't even know. You could ask me my name and I might be like, is that a trick question? Uh, I'm not sure, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But I hear you, that is a ridiculous, us here right now, like yes, that is a ridiculous question. I thought it was funny that that just after Lolo got a question, whoever was after her, the question was, has Lolo Jones Competed in a summer and winter Olympics. And she's like, why did I get that question? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty.
0: I funny. mean, knowing Lolo, she probably would have gotten that question wrong. Uh, it was Devin <laughs> who got that question and he got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the two finalists in the first heat were Devin and Durrell. And like, mm-hmm. Devin was looking comfortable when it was down to those two. But then Durrell, yeah. so they were doing, TJ was doing it snake style. So Mm -hmm. Darrell got two questions in a row and he got them both right. And Devin was just done for because there's no like even strategy. Like it's obviously going on Devin and like that was it. Um, Very impressed with Darrell, who is notoriously scared of heights. Uh, So he did really well I was really pleased with him. I do have one question for you, though, from the trivia. Did you know oh. that the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland? No. See, I mean I'm of Scottish descent, so I was well aware and but it's like one of those things, like I wasn't I wasn't sure if it was common knowledge or not. Like I know it, but like no. My mom and I sometimes speak Scots Gaelic to each other. Like, like I'm, okay. I'm very yeah, yeah, yeah. well aware. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I know yeah, yeah, that it might yeah. not be common no, knowledge. I, so I, like, I did
1: not. I would not have known that. I would have gotten that wrong sitting here with you. I'd have been like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. I would have gotten that wrong. Um, but heat two. So you mentioned Durrell wins heat one. Heat two. Uh, I guess the big thing was big T is shook mega early. Yeah. And that was just funny um amber b and gabby were going back and forth at each other i don't know if there were any real questions that stood out that much to me and like the second heat is pretty and they did a lot of the speeding it up just showing the answers but yeah the train to get Teresa off was just in full full motion cam and leroy just sending their shots to her and she falls off uh cam was close at the very end it came down to who cam and nom yeah yeah cam and nom and Cam just kept touching the, the side of the barrier, which obviously makes it easier. And so she g- ends up getting disqualified at the end. But Darrell ends up beating out Nam, and he is the overall winner. Darrell wins, and so Amber B also wins. And that's a clutch win for Amber B.
0: It is. And uh, Sorry, I have... What did you think of... I just want to say sorry, I have yeah. two thoughts from that second heat. The okay. first was that as much as I like Teresa, as much as I think she's played a solid game, She made a real strategic error in that she's just sort of like, she gets one of her questions correct early on. Big T's begging her, don't say my name. So she puts it on Amber B. When, if you're Teresa, the obvious person that you target is Cam. Because Cam's already out for you. So, and like, you know Cam and Leroy are coming for you. You got to target one of them. And you also have to figure... No disrespect to Leroy, but that Cam would be better at this competition. Like Cam's a very intelligent woman. Yeah. That was a that just like a small quibble. Teresa should have targeted Cam, not Amber B. The other thing was when it came down to Durell and Nam, you know, they cut to Lolo saying, you know, not only is Nam really impressive physically, but he's actually pretty smart too. And she says she was really stressing about this game, about this daily competition. And I noted like unlike all those other games where Lolo's cool, and collected, like why was she not right. stressing? <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Um
0: Yeah, so as mentioned,
1: Amber B Durrell win uh and their special prize on top of the five K each is they get whopper sandwiches for life now we can speak freely on this because obviously it's not like we're sponsored by mcdonald's or anything but whoppers for life i don't know what i would do with that i think i might like sell that to someone i could i don't want
0: whoppers for life
1: i couldn't tell you the last time i had a whopper
0: me i was i have that in my notes i can't remember the last time i had went to burger king i'm not even sure where they're is a burger king in toronto which they're They're around they're around
1: but they're around
0: there is one at young in college through like the Mm mid 2000s but like aside from that i don't know where there's like i can tell you where there's wendy's certainly where there's mcdonald's harvey's yeah i
1: think there's one on young street somewhere for sure like young and or somewhere i feel like but again i'm not even sure And there's one in Scarborough near my house I feel like, but I still don't remember the last time I went to Burger King. But even if I switched it and said like, okay, so let's say every couple of weeks I'll have a McDonald's cheeseburger or something, a double cheeseburger, right? Even if you told me it was like Big Macs for life, like I don't eat enough of that for that to be an actual prize. I feel like I would sell that to someone. Even if I sold it to someone for like 500 bucks, Right. Someone who actually goes to McDonald's a lot. That'd be worth it for them.
0: If it, if it were McDonald's or Harvey's, I would be down like th- through the I pandemic. I don't
1: even think I would want that. I still don't <laughs> even think I would want that. Whatever the fast food is, I still don't think I would want that because I wouldn't eat it enough
0: to care about it through the pandemic. There was certainly a period of like maybe two months where I went to Harvey's at least once a week. Like it was my. Is there Harveys in the states? No, it's purely Canadian. (laughs) Um, And then McDonald's is like my go-to hangover food, or like
1: I think that's everybody's. Yeah, that's fair. So
0: like I knowing myself and knowing my vices, that would be that would be useful, especially not having to like think about it. You know what I mean? Like just like oh, do I have the cash after like a night out? To be like, yeah, I got this, <laughs> like I can get my double cheeseburgers, no problem. That would be good. But yeah, Burger King, like sure surely not just you and I, but surely all of our listeners can agree. Burger King is a second class fast food chain. Like not second class. It's not like top three, I think, for anyone.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I again I have no idea the last time I've had Burger King, but that seemed like I'll take the five grand. Thanks, Burger King.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Five five K no. is like some mortgage payments. Like sign me up, but let's go.
1: Yeah, let's go. Um, okay, so let's let's discuss this for a bit here because we get to the liquor dome, right? And to me the most interesting part here was Nani. Because Nani comes and she's dropping some game on Amber Beach. Because as of this point, the thought is that she's gonna put in Gabby, right? And Nani comes in to drop some game and says, put in Teresa and make a power move so that we ensure we get out someone strong. And she's like, what about someone like Lolo or Casey? And I thought in that moment, I'm like, Casey, why would she throw in Casey? Like Casey's her people's. It didn't even occur to me because of how this game has been played so far. The case would be like, yeah, yeah, I want to go in and get my skull. Like, that didn't even occur to me. And so I wonder, I want your take here on is this the right play? Because I get why this is the right play for Nani, because Nani wants to get out stronger players, right? And she's not in control right now. So it's not like Nani can put herself in against someone weak. She can't control all of it. But is this the right play for Amber B?
0: I don't think so. I don't think I this don't is think the right so play. And just like broadly speaking, I know this is sort of skipping ahead in the episode, but Durrell is later sort of critical of Amber B where he's like, why is she not calling her own number and getting her skull Mm -hmm. and like getting the work done? And I guess her, her, if the target is to, if the idea is to get yourself in there, the name that you have to be saying is big T. Right. Like, because then it, yeah. Amber B for sure could take Big T in most competitions. But mm-hmm. my problem with the Amber B's whole like, yeah, I'm close with the rookie girls, but I'm more loyal to the Big Brother Alliance mm-hmm. is that I don't see the Big Brother Alliance bending their backs to get Amber B a gold skull.
1: Exactly, and
0: like I, I understand that early on, Casey said to her, "Like you're Big Brother, we're Big Brother, we're in this together." And I, sure. I get how she feels galvanized by that because Devin has been like, "Fuck Big Brother, I'm coming after anyone that was on that show, fuck them." Yeah. But ultimately, that Big Brother alliance, like if Josh and Fessy have a choice they're gonna back up Casey. If Casey has a choice, she's gonna pick herself over Amber B or Josh and Fessy over Amber B. Like she is Mm -hmm. the fourth most important person in that alliance at best, right? Like I could see those three prioritizing someone in another alliance more than them backing up Amber B. So like, I see the logic in this sort of, like into if you're in that headspace that Amber B clearly is that like, oh, I'm big brother ride or die. But like that crew's not ride or die for you, Amber B.
1: I just think it's a bad move because you know that it's the last female skull available according to what we know at this point of the game. So that means if you're not going in now to get your skull, you're going to have to take a skull from someone who already has one. So that means would you rather be in control now where you clearly have the numbers to do whatever you want, right? To put in Gabby, where you could go against Gabby or Big T, or maybe you don't have the numbers for Big T, but you at least have the numbers for Gabby. And you say, hey, I'm going to go in and try to get my skull that way. As opposed to now, either have some crazy purge competition, or you have to steal like Anissa's skull, or you have to steal Cam's skull, like or Casey's skull. So it really didn't make much sense. And I get what Nani was doing, but I didn't really get what what, uh, Amber B was doing. And I found it weird too that Darrell, and I mean, we didn't see it because it was only in confessionals where he said this. I was surprised that Darrell wasn't trying to tell her, no, 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 this is what we should do. But he took the approach of, no, 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 this is gonna be a girls week. I'm gonna let her play her game, which I kind of understand. But I also think that if you're gonna slander her in the confessionals, I want to at least see a conversation where you're like, so what do you think about you actually going in? Are you gonna take it? And I think he kind of tried to nudge her at that and she straight up just lied and was like, oh yeah, well I'm gonna wait and see what it was. It's like, that's not true, that's a lie. As soon as you put Teresa in, you're not going in against Teresa, right? Like we know this, right? She knows it, we all know it. As soon as you told everyone to make the house vote for Teresa. There is no chance Amber B was going in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, I, there is logic to Amber B's decision. I just don't think it's the best. I also think she's far too easily influenced by others.
1: Yeah, because she doesn't know what the game is, right? And again, it's not like she did well on Big Brother. So she's either going to just listen to what the Big Brother Alliance is saying, or in this instance, she listened to what Nani was saying. Um, but I will give Casey a lot of credit. Yeah. because i like that casey was like oh yeah yeah i can go in against Teresa. i think i can take out anybody so yeah i respected it i liked it and i don't rep casey on this show i didn't rep casey on big brother i think casey's kind of you know just a fly on the wall and kind of just seems pretty boring and is in the background trying to just win challenges which you know i think is kind of cool on on a gameplay standpoint but from a viewer standpoint it's pretty boring right but I like that in terms of gameplay. She's like, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to go in against anybody. She probably has been wanting to go in for the whole time, right, just to get her skull. So I thought that was cool. What I didn't think was cool was the deliberation. The deliberation, nothing happened. Nobody said anything
0: the whole time. Well, I thought that was super weird. There was a couple character moments that I liked. Um, I liked that Kyle opened it up and was like, do we have any volunteers? like that's a really good way to like try to get the conversation rolling. And also, I mean, Teresa, in confessional, Nani says, like, oh, it's a bad sign that no one will say to Teresa who they're voting for. Like, Teresa should know that she's going in. But I also like that, that Teresa sense. was trying to, like, try to, I think what Teresa was trying to do was she wanted people to expose their own strategies by opening up. Like Teresa is no dummy. She knows that she's going in, but I think she wanted people to say they're going to vote for her so she can see where everyone lies. Um, I what I also thought was interesting, though, was that (laughs) Nani, like when Kyle asks for any volunteers, Nani like shakes her head no. and. Kyle or someone jokingly says, like, oh, Nani, not this time. You're just going to you're just going to wait till next time, like sort of. Chirping. Oh, that's Teresa. Oh, that's Teresa. It's Teresa. And like things got heated between Nani and Teresa immediately. And something just tells me that they're not actually over their beef. Like, I know that they like say they buried the hatchet, but like Nani did, like is definitely working behind the scenes to put the knife into Teresa. Mm -hmm. Teresa is like, got in. Like, they clearly just do not like each other at all. It's like a pretty hot beef in its way.
1: Totally. Totally. It was super weird. It was strange, but you came away knowing exactly what was going to go down. And it essentially did, right? It ends up being the vote for Teresa to go in. TJ, I like that TJ did the same pump fake where he made it seem as if it might have been the guys going in. And uh, so that was pretty funny. And, you know, again, we see the shot of Amber walking in and she's like, this looks physical, right, Terrell? This looks physical. Okay, I'm not gonna go in. And it's like, you were never gonna go in. You're not fooling me anyways. So the challenge basically was, you know, kind of like the tug of war, except, you know, you're attached uh, by the bungee cord to your back and you have to just pull and get three rings off of the, the bar and basically rotate them. Take them off, put them on another one. And you have to do that three times before your the, your opponent does, and you win. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think they edited it to make it look somewhat difficult or somewhat close. But Casey just wiped the floor with her even even as much as they edited it together to make it seem as if it was more difficult for her, I think Casey won
0: easily. You know what the telltale sign was? They had a couple aerial shots mm-hmm. and on Casey's side, you mm-hmm. see like marks all over the sand. Like yeah. she was traveling. You see like that it's like the ground's all dug up. You see like that she's been traveling back and forth left to right. And, like, Teresa's side was basically clean. Like, Teresa basically went in a straight line and then held on for dear life. And, like, it didn't... I I thought the cinematography on this elimination was good. Like, they had great moments of, like, you see Casey reaching for the ring and then, like, gets yanked back by Teresa. Like, there was... It was well done in that respect, but also, you're totally right. This was a blowout. Casey wins 3-0, It was not, Teresa was never even in danger of putting her rank on one of the posts.
1: Not at all. And I want to give a shout out to Leroy, who might be the greatest hype man there is. Like, he was just, he was also giving like strategic points to Casey in terms of which way to go and stuff like that, but also just like hyping her up. Like, she don't want it, Casey. She don't (laughs) want it. Drag her, drag her. She's ready to go home. She's ready to go home. It's, I was like,
0: this is amazing. It seems like the only person cheering for Teresa was Devin, because hashtag fuck big brother. Um, yeah. And Corey, I mean, Corey even said in confessional, where he's like, I'm ready for Teresa to go home. Like, she's my partner. Yeah. But her actions are just putting a target on my back. I will say, for me, I'm sorry Teresa's gone. I like her a lot in the house, because she was trying to blaze her own path. I think a lot of people on the season have played a scared game. As Darrell yeah. pointed out, no one wants to go down into the crater, even though that's
1: even Leroy said in the, yeah. in
0: the uh deliberation. Yeah. And that's the point of the format of the show. And Teresa wanted the smoke. Teresa was playing her own game. She was making moves for herself. And ultimately it's a singles game. And she was not at all shook about going into the crater, right? Like she was down, she was down, she was gunning for people and like, you know, she was was stirring it up in a good way, not in the Josh way, but like a legitimate, like thoughtful, I'm coming for you, I'm here to win kind of way. And like, without her, I'm worried what the season's going to look like because it's just going to be like, the Cam and Leroy Alliance and the Big Brother Alliance sort of fumbling their way towards victory. Um, you know, Devin and Kyle are are obviously a team, but they're, at least for now, going with that flow. And like, you know, this was they showed the midseason trailer after this. Yeah. But and like it looks like there's some drama, it looks like there's some heated moments, but in terms of the, the strategy of the politics of the game, I don't know how much is left in the tank for this season. What do you think?
1: I think we don't know anything.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Like
1: I think even they, they throw in like the misdirection of saying the skulls mean or nobody's guaranteed making it to the final or whatever the TJ soundbite was. Yeah. That basically insinuated that like your skulls mean nothing. It's like we don't know what the pump fake is there, but we know that it's a pump fake, right? So we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea. I think the season's been good from a strategy standpoint because – it's taken them a while to figure out the game. And a lot of people have gotten screwed in the sense that they're not going to let Lolo try to get a skull. They're not going to let CT try to get a skull or Nam. And I think that, you know, that side of it has been a part of the strategy as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's been all right. I like the strategy.
0: Uh, what was your line of the episode?
1: Uh, my line of the episode goes to Anisa who uh, at the very end of the episode says, uh, she's talking about how uh, Teresa's gone and Teresa was Corey's partner. And she's like, this is crazy. First, it was that you couldn't get next to Corey because you were going to get pregnant. And now you can't get next to Corey because you're going to leave the game. Close quote.
0: That was also going to be my line of the episode. But just before that, there was another great line where Kyle says, Corey's lost track of how many partners he's had. Which is funny because that applies to both the show and probably in real life. So I thought you were going to say that applies to both
1: Corey and Kyle as
0: well. (laughs) Fair, fair. In terms of, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Takes one to know one with Kyle. Uh, Who was your MVP? Who killed it for you this week?
1: Uh, Honestly, who killed it for me is Casey. And that's just because I like that Casey, it was so simple for her and it, it was a reminder of how simple the game can be, right? Because she was just like, I think I can beat anybody. So yeah, I'm going to go into the elimination and get my skull. Like i respected that in the moment. And again, I'm saying this not being a Casey fan at all, but it's like this game, we keep talking about all the twists and turns and what's going to happen next and all these things when, yeah, it's really that simple. You need a skull. As we're told, you need a skull to get into the final. Yes, I will go down and get my skull because I think I can beat anybody. Cool. Oh, I expected it for that. Casey, you're the MVP of the and then you dominate right? Then you backed it up. So, yeah, Casey, you're the MVP. You
0: killed it. <laughs> I'd say Casey was my runner up. I agree with everything you said. Obviously, just like I, I I will go a step further. I do not like Casey, but she's playing the game well Okay. Um, and this was the right move. She's in a great position. Uh, For me, the MVP was Amber M, who, like I said, is really showing us something in terms of being a straight shooter and being direct and being true to herself. And, you know, at one point uh, earlier in the episode, everyone's in the kitchen and Amber B and Casey are sort of off the side having a conversation and amber b says oh i feel like it's a little mean girlish in here right now because gabby and amber m are chatting with each other and you know amber b is clearly feeling like she's on the outside looking in from that friend group that she used to be part of and they're not being mean girlish they're being straight up to your face amber b that they are unhappy with the decisions you've made like there's no backstabbing from Amber, uh, Amber M and Gabby, they're being straight up. They're like, hey, like you fucked me on this and like you're being shady. That's not two faced if they're saying it to your face. Like, I, I really like how Amber M handles her business. I don't know how well she'll do in a physical competition. She's paired with Corey now, which As much as i love him he's been the kiss of death to his partners this season but i'm curious to see what she does going forward so amber m you killed it uh where can the where can the good people find you on social media
1: uh you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram (laughs) at sheldon alexander and on twitch on blast podcast we got a lot of got a lot of things cooking a lot of things moving on youtube sheldon alexander i can subscribe to the podcast we got a lot of stuff going on a lot of things cooking a lot of things brewing we'll say that much we'll say that
0: i didn't know that you were on twitch i didn't know that you were so it's, into playing a Call a of Duty. <laughs>
1: it's a recent development it's a recent development
0: you can find me on twitter and instagram at j chidley hill i'm not on twitch because i'm not as cool as Sheldon. just as i am not on tiktok because i'm old I'm... and death is around the corner until next week this was you killed it
1: because i'm at work i'm not gonna yell you killed it i'll just say you killed it <laughs>